0: Chapter 4 Grendel As you know very well, my sister's son, the difficulty the Danes were having was with a violent, dark creature of the shadows and watery fens named Grendel. They say that when he heard the Danes loudly singing and drinking and telling tales of their recent victories in battle, that this uproar filled his heart to overflowing with hatred and black spite. Now, some in telling the tale say that Grendel was a giant— and it is clear that he was very large. Others say he was some kind of troll or aquatic pond demon. Still others say he was a kind of ghoul or ghast, but one that was at least partly made of meat like you and I. Some paint him as a misunderstood, sorrowful, neglected exile resorting in his sorrows and lack of human companionship to home invasion and cannibalism, for he was a cannibal. The creature Grendel was not the usual kind of spirit or ghost that we are familiar with, as he could bleed and needed to eat, but he was not quite like you or I, being larger than the largest skilding you have ever seen and impervious to wounding with weapons. He was not merely a cannibal, as he did not simply sneak unsuspecting shepherdesses and goat herds conveniently far from help, but came by night and burst straight into Herod, a place filled with a collection of the most dangerous drunken Danes in all of Denmark. Any creature in search of a simple meal would never choose Heorot as his larder. Yet Grendel did, bursting in in the night, mortally wounding mighty warriors without so much as a dagger or hammer, abducting them and fleeing back to his watery lair, leaping and laughing, part of the corpse in a leathern sack to eat later, and some of the body and blood in his belly already. And we know he was not only a water creature, as he moved easily and quickly over distance upon land, We know the creator of all things would not allow Grendel to touch the king himself, and so the creature tormented Hrothgar by brutalizing his bravest warriors. We know he was not lonely and looking for womanly companionship, as he showed no interest at all in stuffing any of the lovely damsels of Heorot into the leathern hunting bag he bore at his waist to stuff half-eaten warriors into. All we know for certain is that he hated mirth and merriment, that he ate people, that he enjoyed it immensely and they to live with his mother. After all was discussed, Beowulf and his men were given seats in the hall and refreshments, and the skald of Herod played his lute wonderfully well, and in a powerful voice sang an instructive religious song. The song reminded them all of how the Almighty Maker had first imagined and then brought into being the land where they lived, bordered on all sides with wild ocean, and battered by beautiful and powerful winds that combed away the morning ocean fog from the majestic trees, about how he made man and woman, and told them to in turn make more people, which they did, in the most delightful of ways, resulting in a pair of brothers named Cain and Abel. The song related how, like many brothers, the two did not get along, and so Cain had invented murder. In sweet and pleasing stanzas, the song related how, having barely dropped the rock that dripped with the blood of his brother, whose corpse was residing in a shallow grave, Cain tried to hide from the All-Knowing One what he had done. The song concluded by explaining that Cain, for his sins, was sent into exile, and wandered the earth fathering giants, demons, trolls, and sea monsters, who shared their progenitors' malice and thirst for violence and murder, bloodletting, and brother-slaying. Beowulf and his men applauded loudly when the song ended, and Hrothgar explained. And so Grendel, this monstrous child of murderous Cain, hates our freedom, and so this evildoer makes Herod far too dangerous a place to stay after dark. For twelve years, whenever we have tried to celebrate anything here, we have soon entertained that grim visitor in the night, and some of our best warriors have been bagged and carried off half-eaten, Hrothgar gestured disgustedly at the tables toward the rear of Herod, which bore a dark stain. The flagstones there, though clearly scrubbed thoroughly, also bore similar stains. Beowulf stood up to lay out his plan. I have heard, during my professional assessment of the matter, that this creature uses no weapons, so I propose to meet him without weapons of my own. Not a spear, not a shield, not a dagger, axe, or sword of any kind. Not even armor. I intend to wrestle him. At this, Beowulf threw his iron helmet on the table, with a loud clunk, and pulled his mail shirt over his head, tossing it beside the helmet. Standing there, in only his homespun under-armour padded shirt that kept the rings of his mail from digging into his flesh when stopping blades, he threw at his arms to ask for Hrothgar's approval. "'If I win, I will have solved your difficulty. And if I lose, you will have but to send my things back over the sea to my uncle.' If I am defeated, there won't be anything left of me to bury, once Grendel has had his supper here in the hall. Hrothgar thought for a moment, and then spoke quietly. I remember your father, egtheow He got heavily involved in a very bloody feud with the wolfings, and ended up killing Hethalaf. He wasn't quite able to make things right over there, so he had to flee to our lands here, right when I was taking the throne. I sent some Weirgild money, where it needed to be sent, "'and eventually things blew over, and he was able to return. "'And now you are come, to repay my kindness with your own. "'This is good and right, and I thank you for the thought. "'I must warn you, however, that you aren't the first to attempt this. "'Many men have gotten drunk and promised to get Grendel under their blades, "'only to end up leaving my hall gory and reeking of murder in the morning. "'And now my body of warriors is desperately depleted, "'and I am at my wit's end. "'Very well, you may try.' If you are decided, let us drink in Herod tonight. And so they did.